Welcome to Maximum Mom with Elise Buey, where you'll hear from women who are navigating the same messy journey as you. Lawyering, entrepreneurship, and mothering, what a trifecta. We're here to share tips, resources, wins, losses, and encouragement for moms who are raising a family while building a law firm. So you feel less alone in your journey toward a fulfilling career and being the best mom you can be. Good morning. We are here live. Of course, we have no idea where we're actually streaming because Facebook did some kind of wonky things. So I'm going to have to contact Becca at Maximum Lawyer and she'll do her magic and put it where it needs to be. But I want to welcome today, Sophie and Stephanie. And first, I mean, let's just you, you all introduce yourselves. I'm Stephanie Jones. I'm an attorney in St. Louis, Missouri. We, uh, my law partner is Sophie here on the podcast. We do family law and I've been a family law attorney ever since I've been out of school um, about 16 years ago. I'm Sophie Raza, everything she just said. And I've been (laughs) older, so I've been practicing family law exclusively since 2002. Okay. Now tell us a little bit about what who you have in your family. I always like to start with who it is in your family, whether you know, you're know you a mom or not a mom. Just tell us about your family. All right. I have two kids, Kate and Joe. My daughter is five, turning 37. And my son <laughs> is three and very three. I have um, my husband, um, is a classical musician with the symphony here and we have two dogs and that is our family. That is awesome. So unique. I don't think I've ever interviewed somebody who's married to a classical musician. That's kind they of, they usually only marry other musicians. Um, I'm a civilian, so I was, uh, lucky to be able to enter that world from the outside. <laughs> I have a daughter who is nine, almost 10, I myself have been divorced. I was divorced uh, in 2016. I had to go through a, you know, not a not so nice court process. So it's my daughter and I, and I have eight dogs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I say it with that face because I know what the reaction is. <laughs> I used to have seven pets, so I feel you, but they weren't all dogs. I mean, we had four dogs at one point and or three dogs and four cats. And um, so, yeah, I totally feel you. Well, you, we're going to have to learn about your dogs. Tell us, I mean, cause I'm curious right now, what kind of dogs are they? Uh, all over. So I'm very big into um, dog rescue and fostering. Yeah. Started fostering dogs after my divorce is kind of something to do. Right. And, um, you know, my dream job is to open my own dog rescue. So um, then when I I met my significant other, my boyfriend in 2019, he has three border collies. I have a Cavapoo, a Minpin Shepherd mix, a Lab border collie mix, a border collie cattle dog mix, and a foster who's in my home right now, whose name is Trebek. um, And he is a Great Pyrenees something else mixed in don't you know rescues are always weird you know mixed. oh so, yeah so it's a little crazy but we do love it <laughs> well it sounds like it could be loud i mean some of those are it really is so hard. loud yeah <laughs> so loud the good thing is we recently moved to a house you know in st louis i'd say it was more you know looked at like in the country <laughs> but we have three acres now so they can run and do whatever they want. and my office is detached from the house so 
I don't have to deal with the sound. <laughs> yeah, because you have some seriously volume producing breeds in that mix. We, for we do sure. active. We do um, Frisbee with the Border Collies. That um, is awesome. Well, tell us, I know a lot of people, I mean, always ask about partnerships. I mean, here you all are as partners. I mean, how long have you been partners? Did you start the firm together as partners? What are some of the the great things about having a partner? What are some of the not so great things about having a partner? Like, I'm really curious about this because this is something that comes up all the time with people. In my opinion, I don't, I don't think that we are the typical partnership. And I also think that we have been extremely lucky. Stephanie and I have known each other probably since, when did you graduate, Stephanie? 2005. So I've pretty much known her since then. I, I was a little bit older. I was with a mid-sized firm in St. Louis doing family law. Um, and Stephanie was with a boutique family law firm here in St. Louis. So we met each other um, it was a group of young, you know, we were young then. Um, going <laughs> I mean, out, still young. Yeah, well, <laughs> debatable. But we, you know, there was a group of family law associates in St. Louis that all worked for partners that were kind of well known in the area for family law. And we started having happy hours with a group of us. There's probably about seven or eight of us. And so Stephanie and I got to know each other through that and kept kept in touch. Our firms had cases against each other and all that sort of thing. And, you know, so in 2015, I was in the middle of my divorce. Stephanie had just had her second, no, first child. First. First child. And she was on maternity leave. Well, I was your lawyer. And then. Lawyer for a little while. Yeah. Um, So long story short, we had both talked about it quite a bit over the years. You know, we had lunch and really want to start my own firm. I'm scared. I don't know if we have enough clients, if we have enough business, all the, all the same stuff. And Stephanie gave me an ultimatum (laughs) and was because my concern was I'm the breadwinner in my family. I'm going through a divorce and how can I leave my very secure job in the middle of a divorce and be able to pay for everything that I'm supposed to pay for, including my divorce. You know, so I think when you're in the middle of a divorce, And your fear kind of goes away. At least that was my experience. I sort of felt like the worst had already happened and I was okay. And so the whole idea of going out into business for ourselves didn't scare me as much as it did, you know, years ago. And so she gave me an ultimatum. I said, okay. And end of 2015. And we started the firm in January of 2016. I had just gotten back from a maternity leave and my firm was a little, it was a boutique firm, but there were eight of us, I think. And no one had young kids. Everyone was older. And I was leaving my baby every day and going, and they were a firm where the culture was, you had to show your face on Saturdays. You were there until everyone left. So six, six 30. And so I would do that. And I would rush home to see this baby that I had just had, and she would go to sleep. Right. And I would have 15 minutes with her. And I just thought, I, I, this is just not what I want to do. And like setting up to work remote wasn't a thing then. And so I, I did give Sophie an ultimatum. I came back and I thought, this is just not how I want to work. Right. 
and this is not where I want to be. I was very unhappy. And I said, I'm leaving at the end of this year. You're either coming with me or I'm doing it by myself. And she was like, well, could you give me time? Can you wait? I'm like, no, I'm doing it. I negotiated like two extra months. For the <laughs> so now how many yeah. people work with you all now? Um, right um, now. We have two two associates. We just hired a contract associate with the with the hope of hiring him full time. Uh, he's the first male of Rafa and Joan. Yeah, uh, full time by the end of the year. We have two paralegals and we have a um, office manager. Yeah, so I you know I'd always been a Lee Rosen fan. I actually went while I was still at my other firm to one of his workshops in Miami, and my mind was just blown by that experience, but I wasn't quite ready to make that step. Um, my, my law firm I was with was a lot more flexible than what Stephanie is describing, but I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I mean, we had bankruptcy and insurance defense, and it's very hard for a firm to market so many different practice areas. And I had all these ideas without really the freedom to do any of them or most. And now do you all offer kind of like what Stephanie was talking about was not available in her boutique firm. Do you all offer some flexibility around schedule and a hundred and we're all cloud based. We set our firm up to be able to work anywhere when you wanted and when it worked for your family, because right. we were both moms and we both wanted a career and to be moms. And so, I mean, it was very important to set that up for our employees and, you know, going back to the Lee Rosen thing, you know, he has this thing of you don't want a partner. Yeah, and sure does. There's a whole lot of, there's a lot about that. And one of the things we did when we were in the early planning, it was after the ultimatum, before we opened the doors is we took some personality tests to see if we were compatible. And we, it turns out we're identical people with very small differences that happen to be compatible. And like Sophie's a big dreamer. She's an idea person. And I am the one with, okay, here's the budget. Here's the process. Here's how we're going to get there. And so those two things happen to be compatible, which is why we're lucky. I don't think every partnership works. Oh, you know, no. you, you go into business with people and you have to kind of marry them. And I mean, marriages fail all the time. So I'm not surprised that people are turned off by partnerships. It's, it's interesting. It's hard. You have to have a lot of tra trust, but you also have to have complete honesty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, have you, either of you ever read the book Fireproof or Traction? Lee yeah. Rosen sent me Traction. Because yeah. <laughs> you all are kind of like, even though you're partners, I mean, you are that typical where Sophie is the visionary and you are more of that integrator. I would really recommend you all reading Fireproof. It would be probably really helpful to you all. It's written by a, a PI attorney in Michigan, Michael Morse, but it's really helpful, I think, in understanding the dynamic between the two of you. And so, yeah, I think that's fascinating. Yeah, we, you know, the the personality screen that we took, it, it, um, it's called a DISC profile, D-I-S. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. And we actually give it to all new hires. So when we're hiring people and we narrow down to a few candidates, they all take it. We are really bad at hiring. I mean, we, we have a bad track record. So we started. Are we all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we I think we all do. Yeah. 
So it did, it did help quite a bit. I think, I mean, it's literally like someone went in your head and wrote down who you are on a piece of paper. Totally. Fascinating to me. Um, But Stephanie and I, I think at the, you know, at the end of the day, we're both very direct and honest people and what has saved us. We don't, you know, I can't say we haven't gotten in arguments, but we have successfully worked through every single one. Right. That's amazing. I mean, I think it's really interesting because I do. I, like you, was a huge Lee Rosen um, person. I, I soaked up everything Lee said. I mean, I'm still involved in the Rosen Institute. I just recently got back involved in it. I mean, I think Lee has a wealth of information. And he has been so anti-partner that I literally, I would never even consider it. <laughs> I feel like I was breaking like some, yeah. you know, unspoken rule. Yeah. That- you know, I think I, li- I listened to him say that for years and, and you know, thinking that, but I really didn't want to do it alone. You right. know, I think that I we, it can be lonely. I would we, think. Yeah. Oh yeah. We financially structured everything so that, we don't fight about money. And I think if you, if you are structured so that you don't have to fight about money, right. That's a huge issue that people, my, my old firm, people would fight about that all the time because right. they're structured, but we're not structured that way. So that's significant. I think that's huge. Well, tell us a little bit more about how do you manage your virtual team? Like, you know, I know during the pandemic, you all have been pretty virtual. So what does that look like and how do you all handle that? It doesn't really look any different than what we were doing before. I mean, because of how we set ourselves up, you know, when we were one of the first, we got exposed really, really early before our lockdown order went into effect. We had a client come in to sign something and then she was back when they were reporting single individual cases, her husband had exposed her. So we shut our office down in an hour and everyone went remote and every, because everyone had a surface, everyone is cloud-based, everyone had a cell phone, everyone had a VoIP. We, I mean, it was seamless. Managing during the pandemic has been complicated. I think everyone would agree that that it's so, you know, trying to get everyone who had kids at home, trying to manage work around school schedules while still meeting requirements, trying to figure out how to constantly pivot to every new thing. It was okay. You know, I, I like to, you know, thrive in the moment. And then when I sit down and like exhausted, right. So I'm getting to the point where I'm feeling exhausted after pivoting for 12 straight months. Right. But I think, I mean, it hasn't been, as hard as it could have been for sure. Oh no. I mean, you all were way ahead of the curve. I mean, you like me, I have a virtual law firm as well. And so, I mean, we shut down kind of virtually, like we weren't even in an office, but I was like, obviously we're not going to our office anymore. So, and it's been really seamless. I agree though with Stephanie, I mean, listening and dealing with everyone's needs during the pandemic and doing all the pivoting you put it so succinctly and I had never thought of it like that. I've never given myself the grace to be like, wow, this has been kind of tricky to be constantly pivoting. And I do think you're right. It's been a bit exhausting. And I mean, I have found myself like wanting my weekends more and really needing downtime. And maybe it's some of that, you know, exhaustion around just navigating all the ins and outs of a pandemic and every employee's 
needs and all the team, you know, dealing with their kids or who got sick or for us, it's been a big vaccine thing lately too. Like Washington has had a really interesting rollout of the vaccine. I mean, most of our office is not vaccinated yet. And so that's been tough. Yeah, I, you know, and I think especially in family law, when you have very emotional clients and very complex situations and, you know, there's there is emotional burnout that comes from that. And then to put on the pandemic, you know, and all of that, it's 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 been really, you know, difficult, really trying, really exhausting. But, you know, we've, you know, done well, you know, we've, we're still here. So that's always good. news. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. I don't know, when you think about last year, Sophie, I mean, so the pan, the shutdown order happened in March, January, we had moved out of our space that we had been in for four years and we had signed a seven year lease with this new space that was delayed. And so we were in a temporary space in the building. So we moved in January, but everything was in boxes. And then the, the shutdown order hit and then it was like, well, now what do we do? And then we had to move again in May, but nobody wanted movers to come. I mean, when you think about what was happening last spring, it's kind of like, wow, that was really awful. Um, <laughs> but it could have been worse. We could have been sick. We could have been, you know, right. So, but yeah, it was a hard year. It was a really hard year. Well, and have you grown through this year? Like, I mean, are your numbers now, it sounds like you're picking up and you're hiring. So, I mean, did you grow through the pandemic? I mean, we, yeah. we topped our numbers from all the previous years last year. Yeah. yeah. I, we look at that and we say, how did that happen? <laughs> For real. Not exactly sure, but we, we really did. And, and I think made some key hires during that time. Yeah. Also, and, you know, I'm your typical entrepreneur and I want to do 85 things at a time. And you know, Stephanie slows me down, which I need. Otherwise, we'd probably be bankrupt. But, um, you know, we put some of those things into into motion and, you know, all of all of the stuff you hear about trying to document processes and our CRM and trying to do all of that, you know, it was also a chance when client client work was down because I think right when the pandemic hit, thought things will be open in a few months. You know, we'll just take a break right now. So the world's at really a lot of client work, but we we took the downtime to do all of those kinds of things. Yeah, we started blogging a couple times a week in March, and one of our first blogs was about the shutdown orders. And I mean, I remember other lawyers saying, "Hey, can I give this to our clients?" And we're like. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, we, we switched bookkeepers, we switched intake, uh, software. We switch. I mean, we really use that time. Well, right. It right. sounds like y'all did amazingly well during that time. That was yeah. so awesome. I do think being virtual, like you all were just enabled you to kind of keep on going. Whereas some of those other firms that aren't virtual, they were really stumbling around just getting, I didn't realize that firms, some firms like still used paper and weren't cloud-based. Like I did not realize. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, St. Louis, I think the family law community here is a little bit old school in that sense you know, where people still have servers and, 
So you have to log in through Citrix or something from home, which never, ever worked, you know, well. But all of our employees have a Surface. We bought the monitors for their homes. We, when they're employed, they get these things. They get a cell phone, you know, all of that. So we were very lucky we didn't have to rush out, buy everyone laptops, buy new software, you know, that a lot of people had to, had to do for that. Absolutely. Yeah, that was the thing I found so helpful was just we were able to keep rolling. And then the hiring, I mean, I found, I mean, we've hired, I don't know how many now, it's getting kind of crazy. I think 22 people since last March 1st. I mean, it's been just huge growth of, you know, but I think the managing everything, that has been the tricky part. You know, for me going from managing like four to seven to 10 to now, you know, over 20 has been, you know, its own level of complication. Somebody told me the other day, they're like, yeah, new level, new devil. I was like, it's so true. You know, that is true. just the, the different dynamics. And, um, but bringing on other people has been really helpful. Like people on my leadership team now where I am not doing everything. Cause I like you, Sophie, am that person who's trying to do 85 things and preferably all by tomorrow. And like, Time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thought that anything when people are like, well, at least we can do that in quarter three, quarter three might as well be like 2050 in my mind. I'm like, well, no, of course we have to do it yesterday. <laughs> I, but I think that's actually a good lesson I learned from COVID actually. Yeah. Big well, time. I mean, I was driving myself insane. I was very energized, but I was also going insane. And, you know, and I had to really look at myself and think like, you can't go at this pace for the rest of your life because you're going to right. die to death. You know, like not everything has to be yes. death, right? You know, that kind of thing. And so that, I mean, that has slowed me down somewhat, but that's how my brain, it's just how my brain works. You know, <laughs> it, I totally know. Cause it's definitely how my brain, I'm convinced I'm one of those undiagnosed ADHD types. A hundred. I take, online all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm convinced that that is, I mean, I tend to think most entrepreneur types like that, that is what we are there. We are just undiagnosed with all kinds of things. That... Well, I, had a, I had a therapist, a virtual therapist last summer. And I said, you know, I've always suffered from anxiety. I always took like kind of those characteristics as my anxiousness. Cause I'm, I am an anxious person. She said, you know, I don't know that you suffer from anxiety. I just think that's who you are. And I was like, well, how do I escape myself? I, know. <laughs> I don't want to hear that magic pill. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, why am I here then? Yes. I joke all the time. I'm like, if there's that condition named the hot mess condition, that is the condition I have where everything needs to be done yesterday. And I walk in a room and I'll think of, I'm like, Oh, we can do this. You know? And whenever my team hears me, they're like, Oh gosh, don't let her shower. She comes up with all these revolutionary ideas in the shower. Shower thoughts are intense. Always have my best ideas in the shower. Always. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, well, I had a team member send me a thing where I could start recording my shower ideas. <laughs> sometimes I would get out and I would have forgotten it by the time I get out. And I then I have to sit there and really think, what was that idea I had? And uh, well, I think that was a good thing of COVID too. I I I'm always in in the middle of figuring out how to keep track of what I need to do. 
and it's constantly changing every month. I'm like, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do a 12 week year. Then I'm going to do a bullet journal and then I'm going to, you know, do a planner and maybe I need an iPad, you know, all of this kind of things. It's, I mean, that exhausts me just trying to write down what I need to do exhausts me. So I think I've come up though during COVID with a really good, it's worked so far in terms of keeping track of, because if I don't write it down, it didn't happen. Like it literally is not in here anymore and it never occurred, you know, so I have to write it down, uh, which is what I've learned. (laughs) The Guild is an insanely productive community of lawyer entrepreneurs with a growth mindset who share their collective genius and hold each other accountable to take their careers and businesses to the next level. But in 2021, we are upping the game. In addition to exclusive access to the group, FaceTime with the two of us, discounted pricing for live events, and front seat exposure to live recording and podcast and video, we are mapping out for members the exact growth playbook with our new program, Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships and experience content specifically designed to complement your plan for growth. For a limited time only, the Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time program will be offered for free to all new Guild members. Join us by going to maxlawguild.com. Stephanie, I just can only imagine how interesting you said it, though, when you said it's like a marriage, because, I mean, you have to deal with, you know, a very different personality in many ways. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm thinking back the one fight I can remember. I don't remember other fights. Maybe I just don't think of it as that. But she was, what about this? What about this? And I was like, can one thing stay the same? Yeah, <laughs> I just need one thing to stay the same. You want to change this software and this software and hire this person and get rid of like Christ. You only need one thing, just one. And she was like, "I'm gonna let you go now." <laughs> and then we both sat back, and she was like, "Okay, I realize I bombarded you. I need to do that differently, and I will do that differently from going forward." And so it was just, it was very much both of us were like okay, I can listen to you. I'm ha- I love all these ideas. Let's figure out how to implement them. Let's figure out a budget. Let's figure out a timeline, Let's figure out this. Who are we going to, a vendor, whatever. But like in the pandemic, it's like I had maxed out my ability to change. And I was just like, I can't do it anymore. You need to stop. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> That's a, you know, change energizes me. Me too. Not energize Stephanie. Right. So I've had to, in my mind, just reframe the whole thing and, and say, you know, I do think she's going to come around to some of the things I'm proposing, but I need to give her a significant amount of time to think about it first. So I've just adjusted my approach. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You absolutely. Yes. You both need to read fireproof. It would, it would really help you all understand more about the dynamic you have because it is so, but it is truly so powerful to have the two of you together. I mean, to have that balance is kind of amazing. And um, I, I mean, I think it's just so cool that you all found each other and that you're able to do this and how cool that Stephanie can just say like, 
stop changing everything. Like I need one thing to stay the same, to be able to be candid about it because it's so true. I mean, I like you, Sophie, I mean, change just, I must have changed. Like I will die if everything stays the same. I cannot handle it. I hate boredom. I just got off the phone call with a marketing agency and I said something, I was like, just do your thing, but don't make it boring. And I hate white. I'm like, (laughs) they were just like, okay, I get it. (laughs) You know, but it's, it's so different. I mean, I think our brains just all work so differently and you two have really been able to see how your brains can come together. I mean, it's just, I find it so powerful. I mean, Sophie and I should not be friends because God knows we would be absolutely (laughs) changing the world minute by minute. Yeah, I, I do like it. change. Like what's great about it is I can, I can evaluate it and think through it. And the great thing about all the change in hindsight, always not in it, but in <laughs> hindsight, it's always like you realize every change is kind of a failure. If you think about it, like something didn't work. So you're going to do something new and the failure right. is what causes you to grow. It's the growth. Okay. I mean, all these changes in, so we've been partners five plus years now and the amount of vendors we've gone through, staff, office changes, like all of that has been hard. It's not been easy. It's been constant change, but we're also better. And we've also, if we hadn't had all those experiences, we would have never grown at all. Totally. Change is necessary. I just need a minute. recording right so i can play that back sometimes yeah i love that change i'm gonna have to tell my husband that because he needs that like change is necessary but i need a minute because i'll sometimes i wake up on sunday morning i'm like i have a great idea and he has this look on him like oh gosh where is my sunday headed like are we buying a new house are we deciding we're moving you know to some island in maine that elise discovered at four in the morning (laughs) you know it's just like, you never know what's going to happen. But that's Have, what I mean when I say, you know, a lot of our partnership has been luck. You know, I mean, oh, I think yeah. both are very in tune with who we are. I mean, we've right. done a lot of self-exploration on our own to find out what makes us tick and, and all of that. So, you know, I think we, we know, you know, good and bad who we are. Right. That's yeah. You know, something one of you said a minute ago, and it, it made me think, I hope you all have read this book called Who Not How. And it is such a good book. If you haven't read it, I recommend it. I mean, really highly. So when Sophie is coming up with all these ideas, rather than thinking about how do you implement them, you think about who can implement them and who do you need? And it has been game changing to me when I'm writing down all my ideas, because now I put a who, like I'll, whether it's somebody on my current team or I'll be like, oh, we need to find this who, like we don't have this who, but it then becomes so much less scary for my integrator, my Stephanie. I have a Stephanie who's you know, she's the the person in my office that really is my opposite, you know, and really helps me. And so I can just say, well, I want to get all these things done, but look, here's all the people who are going to be doing them, like not you. (laughs) And you don't have to figure that out. And, you know, but it, I found that book, who, not how to be so helpful. And it really talks about maximizing your reach Oh, Do you already have it in your list? All the books that I need to read. (laughs) 
that I haven't because I don't do details very well. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've started sending books out. I mean, the amount of books I have read on running a business kind of scares me. Now I send stacks to my leadership team and they made a comment. They were like, we can't read nine books in a week. And I'm like, oh, right. I need to slow down the sending. <laughs> because I probably could if I really wanted to read nine <laughs> I don't necessarily recommend that. I didn't have my kids. I could. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You're super busy with young ones too. Oh my gosh. In a pandemic. So they were four and two. It was awful. <laughs> how now, how was your husband's work impacted? Obviously he's probably not in concerts, but well, are they doing it? Yeah. I mean, you can't really have concerts for the public. So he hasn't really worked. Since then, I mean, they, the symphony has tried to do some digital things and they're starting to do some very small concerts right now, but it's been a big challenge because I come, I go to work and as you know, being at the top, like this is the dumping ground for where people come with their problems. And then our clients are family law clients. So they come to you, you're the dumping ground there. So when you go home, like usually there's some break. And so I would go home and then it was my husband's identity had been basically taken by COVID and he had a health issue. So his health wasn't good also in the fall and our daycare closed for four months. And it was, and I don't have any family here. So it was just kind of like, well, I guess I I, I tried a variety of things. I don't want to get into some of them. Most of them involve drinking. And <laughs> I don't know. Can we curse on here? Probably not. Um, yes, it's fine. <laughs> so I've come out the other side and I, I'm not drinking as much anymore. But <laughs> it was a rough, it was a rough period for, for being home too. I can't even, I mean, I really can't even imagine. I mean, that's a lot. Any one of those things you think about your husband just kind of like losing his work and his identity to no fault of his own. That is its own huge issue. Add on a health issue, the children. I mean, I can't even imagine that is a ton. And gosh, yeah, no wonder you wanted something to stay the same. Yeah. Yes. Th- that fight probably was more about something that I was going through, but you know, you know, all that after you say the right. word. <laughs> yeah. But that is just, I mean, and thinking about that from your perspective as the person, one of the leaders of the team, I mean, I know all of us have people like that in our offices with those same struggles. I mean, and when you really take a step back and think about what people have gone through, I mean, and it's like, that's why we had to make all these pivots. I mean, it has been a tough, tough year. Yeah. 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 It and, we, you know, I think really we have several employees with, with kids that can't be left alone, you, you know, by right. so it, it was something that we all, you know, homeschooling while trying to work virtually was. I will never do that again, you know, and just trying to find childcare and, and all those kinds of things when daycares closed and whatever was really, really hard for uh, all of our employees as well. Right. Um, Has it made you change any of your firm policies moving forward? I mean, there, is there anything that you were like, whoa, okay, we really don't do this or we don't offer this. But uh, I mean, it has caused us to create a better system of processes and templates 
Mm-hmm. So you're not searching for things and using that mental energy. But generally, we've had this philosophy of we're going to treat you like an adult. Here are your requirements. And I don't really care how you do them, when you do them, as long as they're done. And so that was intended to give people flexibility to be people in outside of work. So when COVID hit, we had the same mentality. We did lower the requirements, knowing that so many people had virtual school to handle and childcare issues. But um, we we said like, look, wh- whenever you need to work, if you need to stagger, so one person's home during the day, the other parents at night, you work at night, you work, whatever you need to do, just tell us what you want to do and right. make sure you have a dialogue about it. You know, don't get too too far down into a problem we can't fix it exactly some people didn't handle that well some people handled it like rock stars and that's been hard too right have you all ever worked besides i know both of you you know know about lee rosen and learn from him have you all worked with other business coaches as part of your time together yeah we should give a shout out we have a the women lawyers coach is marianne trost she's in arizona i think we started working with her before the pandemic and all run together a year before we did a strategic plan with her mm-hmm. and you know a five-year ten-year right and then we kept coaching with her all last year we still coach with her she's been amazing for us that's awesome yeah i find i mean as a law firm owner, the coaching that I've done through the years has been invaluable. I mean, do you all agree that that is, you know, typical who I am? I want like four coaches, right? I I think I have four coaches, but that one, one for that one, but that's clearly not in our budget. (laughs) So I can't do that. We we also have an unofficial coach. My father-in-law is an entrepreneur and like bought and sold businesses most of his career. So he's our free coach that I pay with, you know, grandchildren. Yeah. Obviously I'm winning that. Absolutely. <laughs> that we will frequently like run an idea by him. He has these great one sentence responses where we're like, huh? Oh yeah. That, that's a good idea. Man. That's amazing. So we have lots of coaches, I think. That is amazing. I really think, I mean, I cannot encourage law firm owners enough to seek out a coach. I mean, how do you all feel about it in the very beginning stages? I mean, I get sometimes people are like, oh, I don't have the money or I don't have this. And I'm thinking, I mean, figure out how to scrape and put it together. It will revolutionize your practice. It it was worth every cent, every penny that we, you know, spent in, in doing it. You know, and I, we started, you know, looking around for coaches and didn't really know where to start, you know, and quickly realized we wanted a female coach, mm-hmm. you know, we're interviewing some, some men just because of the specific issues that, you know, are involved with women versus, versus men. And, you know, we, we just clicked with her on our phone call and we actually flew to Arizona did our retreat there in the gorgeous weather at her gorgeous house. And, you know, it was, I mean, it, it was not only, you know, significantly changed our business, it significantly changed my mind on 
I wanted, where I wanted to go, what I was doing, like, what is the purpose of all of this? You know, exactly. kinds of things. we really, really explored all of that quite a bit. Um, so we're actually go back to see her in October once there's no, you know, restrictions and, and all of that kind of thing. <laughs> right. I mean, it's hard in the beginning when you start your firm because you are terrified about money. You're terrified totally. about the phone ringing and every dollar out is a dollar not in your pocket. But if you think about it, a coach really, they help you run instead of walk. Exactly. And so you can learn all the things your coach is going to teach you and you can read a hundred books and you can go to all the blogs and do all this group stuff that's cheaper. But your coach is going to help you run and get there faster. So it's not, it's, it's saving you time and money. Well, and I really think it's that mindset of, but I think this even as well as hiring people, like sometimes people talk about the cost of hiring. And I think of hiring as an investment, not as a cost. And I think of a coach as an investment, not as a cost. And I think by kind of flipping that mindset, it allows you to really think about these things differently. And, and then it does allow for pretty rapid, you know, growth and change where you're able, you just feel more sturdy, I think, doing and moving forward at a quicker pace. And I mean, I, I think somebody probably like Sophie, it, I mean, a coach can make such a difference in, oh, I mean, almost like mind explosion, I think of what is possible because, you know, there was even a moment when we were coaching with her that and it was actually something in my personal life that was like mm-hmm. mind blowing and just really had such an impact on me on where I was going in my life and what I was doing and what I wanted it to look like, you know, and all. And that was from a business coach session. You know, that it wasn't from a therapist or right anything, anything like that. It was really, really just very powerful. And I I think Stephanie and I came back more connected with each other too. And we had talked about so many things that we just felt we were on the same page after that. I mean, and that is invaluable in your partnership. I mean, I would think, I know for my integrator person, we started doing these, they're called same page meetings where we literally meet every day in the morning, first thing to stay on the same page. And so it'll be interesting to see how those develop over time. But I suspect that that's going to be really powerful in keeping us, you know, kind of connected in a way that's important moving forward, being able to, to move the firm together, but in, you know, the same direction without my scattered ADHD self, like often God knows where it goes. Well, yeah, before this even started, I was like, someone stole the speaker out of my office. So I'm yelling out the door, where's my speaker? Who took my speaker? And then I look in my bag and I'm like, it's here. And there's like three people saying, duh, in the hallway, like, because they know I can't remember anything. (laughs) Well, I remember when we had our coaching thing in Arizona, you know, the coach laid out this very detailed schedule and this is where we're going to do this and when and Sophie I think like within the first hour was like you have a pool at your house let's go hang out at the pool and let's do all this at the pool and like all of the weekend was completely changed that our coach pivoted and Marianne was like this is actually way more fun we did it in her living room I mean it was just like we really figured out a way to make it exactly how we wanted it, which is what you want. You want your coach to pivot with you. Absolutely. Um, 
How lucky. That's amazing. I love to hear about that. I just think that good coaches have been really helpful. I mean, I should plug though. I do have to say the Maximum Lawyer Guild. I don't know if either of you are part of that. The Maximum Lawyer Guild is really helpful. And I find that I mean, and I said to somebody online the other day, I mean, that is the one thing about the Maximum Lawyer Group. It is the most supportive, kind, giving group out there. I, I mean, I, oh, I love it. I mean, I've never met a group of attorneys who are just more, I mean, absolutely supportive, straight shooting, and I mean, full of amazing ideas. So many good ideas in that group. Yeah. We're, we're lucky, you know, Jim and Tyson are here and I've known Jim I for know. a while. So that, you know, so that's really great. It just, you know, sometimes to me, it's information overload that I'm just, you know, well, I want to read every single group that meets every single day. And I want to think about every single app. You know, I just can't. Too. It's, <laughs> it's craziness. Well, I really appreciate you two being on with me today. And it was so nice getting to know you. And I am sorry for the technological thing at the beginning. It cracks me up though, to hear Sophie looking for a speaker. <laughs> yeah. We I literally. One of the ones yelling, duh, down the hall. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I hope you two have a wonderful day and enjoy the rest of your week. And I can't wait to watch you keep growing. Thanks, Thanks. so much, Elise, for having us. It's been great. A- absolutely. Y'all enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Mom Podcast, a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. See you next time. <laughs>